0: FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station. Throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps.
1: You called down the thunder, well now you got it. Right? You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear?
0: Hell's coming with me! Revolution
1: We did not engage in conflict that was out of line with our mission.
0: Is it disloyal? Is it sedition? Is it treason to oppose the hands of tyranny? Never!
1: I will never send troops anywhere on a mission of that kind without telling them that if somebody shoots at them, they can darn well shoot back. I know not what course
0: others will take, but as for me, give me liberty! Oh, give me
1: A dark cloud is finally lifting across the world as
0: U.S. military intelligence and their global partners are destroying the deep state criminal power
1: structure that has ruled over our planet for hundreds of years.
0: We are free with the God-given rights, and we shall not yield that right
1: to any power on Earth. Hi, I'm Scott
0: McKay. The world is at, and I am your host on The Tipping Point. On Revolution Radio, where every Monday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, we bring you the latest in this ensuing takedown of this global criminal empire. That's an image of strength. You'll get the raw, hard truth here on The Tipping Point. So come join us Mondays, 8 to
1: 10 p.m. Eastern, in Studio B at Radio.
0: And thanks for listening while well, we take that short break here at dot com, And yeah, we're going to get back to your host. All right, ladies and gents, welcome to Free Association. My name's Dennis. It's just after four o'clock in the UK, uh, just after 11 o'clock on the East Coast in the States. And uh, I'm assuming if you're hearing me, that <laughs> you're listening to Revolution Radio. Uh, which is entirely listener-supported, and we appreciate any contributions you can make. Uh, There's an option to do that at revolution.radio. If you look on the main menu, you'll see a donations tab. And if you can make a contribution financially, we do appreciate it. The service will keep running, and we're all all volunteers, so we'll still be here, but... uh, Without your help, we can't keep the servers running and pay for bandwidth. So if you can help out, even just with $5 or $10 as a one-off or as a monthly contribution, it's all appreciated. All right, so today, I don't really have a monologue today. I was just kind of going to ramble on for 10 minutes. I've got a piece of video I want to play uh, that I've found on Tuesday or Wednesday last week, and I've been trying to wrestle with with this monism dualism thing. It's it, it's doing my head in. So I'm uh, mostly just wrestling with it, trying to figure figure a few things out, trying to get my relationship to the whole philosophical conceptual thing. In my head, right. And once I've got that right, then everything will flow. So I really, I really don't. I've been trying not to engage too much in the conspiracy stuff and the, the vaccine injury stuff this week. And I'm, I'm kind of working at a, at a different level than that at the moment. So I'm, I'm fo- focusing on the, the philosophical assumptions and the the way the way that that my ego and my my personality fit into the the higher level consciousness stuff so i dis- I, I discovered a guy called Shunya Murti who is based in Costa Rica. He runs an ashram in Costa Rica and he's got an interesting way of of looking at all that kind of monism dualism stuff, so I'm gonna play. About, about 20 minutes, half an hour of this, and then and then have a think about it. But uh, it's an interesting take. I'm, I'm going to start it off and then skip a little bit. And I'm going to speed it up as well, because it lasts for an hour. We'll not get through an hour. So I'm going to speed it up a little bit.
1: To see everyone. Those who are here for the first time and those who are back after some time. But it already feels right, let me limited. redo
0: the screen share because I don't think the screen share is going to sort this out that's the one
1: a very here we go energy field together
0: So let me know if you can hear me in the ch- hear the video in the chat
1: so I hope I'm going to skip through it a little bit and dedicated to creating a very magical week of supreme realization of the power, the full power of consciousness, because that's what magic is, full and complete empowerment of all of the potentialities of consciousness, the activation of those powers, which requires the awakening of the true nature of the self, which requires, in turn, the letting go of all of the false ideas of the self, the false coverings, defense mechanisms, and identifications of the self with the not-self. So I hope that everyone who is here is determined to become a white magician, white in the sense of purity, in the sense of wholeness, and in the sense of completeness and integration of all of the various aspects and layers and strata of consciousness. I know that there are many here who are very advanced on the path, who have been on the path for a long time and who understand it very deeply. And there are others who are more new to the path and to its vocabulary and to its uh, nuances. But what I hope to do in this retreat is to help to guide everyone in a very direct way to the core of what is essential to know in order to activate the magic, not getting lost in details, which is very easy to do with this subject. So I'll start off with a little bit of uh, personal uh, discoveries in this last uh, few weeks, especially in the last week when I've been preparing for this retreat. And I'm finally glad they let me out of my cell to come to the lodge. It's been difficult to uh, uh, study as intensely as I have been studying and meditating. But I have to say that, well, since I brought it on myself, having chosen the topic, I have no one to blame for it. Uh, And I did choose the topic very specifically, or at least it was given to this one, to have to come to know enough to be able to teach this subject because we are entering a time in which the powers of magic will be necessary and will be returned to us because these are powers that once belonged to us and that we lost, and that we lost the right to, but that we now have the opportunity to regain the rights and the the wisdom to be able to wield the power of white magic. And so the study that uh, I went through included the history of magic. And the history of magic ties everything together. At least in the, let's say, the second half of the cycle of time, Kali Yuga and Treta Yuga. Magic is the key. It unites East and West. It unites the ancient Egyptian teachings which evolved into Hermeticism, but also went to Greece and became Pythagoreanism and uh, became Orphicism. The Orphic mysteries are very important if we want to understand magic. And then, of course, later on, the philosophical uh, development and philosophy. The love of wisdom was originally the same as magic. It only later, at the time of Aristotle, fell into a logicism that lost uh, contact with the real uses of the dialectical reason to, to bring about an ascension of consciousness beyond the bodily identification and the access to the higher forces, powers available to consciousness. And magic is the key to understanding alchemy, it's the key to understanding the development of the various movements of yoga in the East, including the development of the very early forms of, of yoga that became Mithraism, for example, and later Zoroastrianism, which is from them and from that area of Persia, in fact, that we get the, the term, the Magi, of course, that visited Christ and Jesus, of course, in his own day as a historical being, not the one that is now described in the, in the, in the late Gospels that became Orthodox, but Jesus was considered a magician but magic understood very differently than magic is now and the the, uh, the shramans who were the proto-Buddhist yogis and from who developed and moved uh, up into Siberia and became called shamans all of of that uh, and the uses of soma and haoma and all of the various uh, uses of plant medicines along with other forms of achieving higher consciousness the whole science of yoga itself was based upon the the realization that we had to become masters of consciousness, not dependent on medicines or any kind of, of crystals from the external world, but be able to produce the shifts in consciousness at will. And of course the same, the same magic was part of the original Taoism and the various developments in the Far East that later became connected with Zen and Son and the other forms of Shikungan Buddhism in Japan and the various other magical sects and movements that developed over time. And then, of course, there was the rebirth of all of this in the European Renaissance and uh, with Marsilio Ficino and the rediscovery of Hermeticism and the Platonic understandings and the refinding of the Eleusinian mysteries and all of the various other more esoteric, uh, magical schools of the ancient world. And uh, including the integration with the Hebrew Kabbalah and the Enochian magic, which was developed by again different magicians, including the great John Dee in Elizabethan England. And we could go on and on, but there's a, there's a huge network of understandings, of connections, a grid work that connects all of history with the Gnostics and uh, and of all the various forms of Gnosticism that remained underground and became the Freemasons and the Rosicrucians and all of those movements that have degraded in time, but nonetheless have carried forward at least the embers of the flames of the knowledge that was once very great and very powerful. And that became repressed uh, forcibly by the orthodox churches and uh, largely lost as a result of uh, inaccurate copying of texts and inaccurate understandings and the, the cutting of lineages and the intelligence within consciousness make use of magic in its true and original sense. And thus, the development of such phenomena as black magic developed as well. And we need to understand it, because the world is filled with it, but we also need to recognize that it is not a threat to one who is in touch with the supreme powers of consciousness. So there should be no paranoia in this study and practice. But it all depends upon the willingness to surrender the lower self, the lower levels of consciousness, the lower chakra energies, to sublimate those energies so that they are available for the uses that they were originally intended for. So if we are going to understand magic, we have to understand the nature of reality. And we have to understand our own reality in a very deep and clear way. And that means understanding both that which is light and that which is dark. We have to understand the human shadow as well as the human aspirational consciousness that brings us from ego to soul, the upper death drive, the drive to transcend what Jung called the transcendent function but which is not functioning for most people and has to be activated. And that power beyond the soul of the pure spirit from which the real powers that are magical derive. So it's not easy to be a magician of the kind that we will be talking about in this retreat. It requires a dedication to one's own self-transformation before one can make use of any powers that would affect the phenomenal plane in a way that will increase the opportunities to overcome karma, to overcome a previous trajectory that might have led to catastrophe and turn that into a blessing. So, if we are going to understand magic, we have to understand consciousness and the relationship of consciousness to what we call, what most people call the world, the cosmos, the universe, but to understand it in its true, primordial, eternal, unchanging substratum, not simply the phenomena that are changing within the construct of space and time but that power that from which space and time arise as magical illusions and so the first thing if we want to understand magic maya comes from the word maya And the Prefix, the mag, Or the maya, which also became Maha Maya is, uh, in English The might of God That creates the illusion The magical illusion of a world okay? It is the might of God But the force of God Or that supreme power that manifests the illusion of the world in space and time is formed by the relationship of two gods. They are not the ultimate because duality is not the ultimate principle. But we have to recognize that there is a dark lord as well as a lord of light. And it's only when we can come to terms with and master both of these two powers and reconcile and integrate them within and without that the mastery of magic comes. We get lots of words in English that are words of power, uh, and greatness, and increase. Magnification. Making something larger. And of course, magnet, magnetic. There's power in a very direct way. But also, which is the power that will be used. In the casting of spells, for example. So we could go on and on. There's a there's a huge list of, of words. Even the word to to make something is is coming from this same uh, root, and uh, the the power of of all of these capacities of consciousness, both to develop in technical forms, apparatus that increase power, and magnify and create various effects in the world. Uh, and the power of the psychotechnology that is the original use and development of what we call magic. Uh, Both of them derive from the same force of our creative intelligence once it has been freed from the limitations imposed by a frame of reference in which the consciousness identifies with the body. Because only a very tiny part of your consciousness is needed or can even fit into the body. Most of who you are is completely outside because your consciousness is the cosmos. And is not different from, uh, from anything that, that your ego mind might say is different or other or something else. There is only the consciousness that is cosmic and transcosmic in its nature. But in order to connect with that and to be able to work with that and in that frame of reference that's unlimited, unframed, in fact, to make that paradigm shift and bring consciousness into this larger field of the world, that, that requires a, uh, a dropping of the ego identity. So the, the work of becoming a magician begins with that of becoming a yogi who is liberated from ego identity, identification. And it's only once that has been gained that the unified field that consciousness works in, in the, in the level of magic, becomes accessible. So what this means is magic is not the possession or property of an individual person. Magic is the transcendence of the personal. And we need to keep that in mind so we don't get any inflated egos who think that they are great magicians. Because the only real magician is the one self that is magically choreographing the flow of history but that each individual node of consciousness can be an instrument of that magic. And once that happens, synchronicities abound, energies flow in syntony and in harmony. And this is the key. And this is why magic is very closely related to music and why a lot of music is going to be played in this retreat because music is the original way that spells were cast and that a unified field of vibrational resonance was created among different people
0: who could share Alright, so that's a very, very interesting idea the the idea that magic links science, religion and there was another one that I've forgotten but science and religion definitely so you get three aspects rather than two so it links the duality together with and unifies the whole thing without it being good and evil, which is what I'm wrestling with at the moment. So I found this particularly useful over the last couple of days. It's, uh, it's calmed my mind a little bit and helped me to detach a little bit more from the chaos. So I'm now, I'm, particularly calm but I'm not sleeping very much because I'm listening to this guy all night now uh, so I've been awake till like 4 and 5 o'clock in the morning but uh, it's one of the one of the processes that, that has to happen the way he integrates all of this stuff I find interesting it's using the uh, the idea of the yoga, the yoga system fr- from India so the so in 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 this conception of how how things are working we're at the end of kali yuga and about to shift into a different plane of existence or a different frame framing of existence so we're getting we're getting back things that we will that we lost <clears throat> so we're getting back the the ideas around telepathy and the ideas around magic as shifting consciousness which is exactly what i what i what i think uh we we need at the moment the boy solomon the channel if you i linked it earlier on i'll put it i'll put it in the chat again this is the video the practice of white magic redreaming the world so I just think it's a tremendous way to, to shift the framing of good and evil into something that's, that's practical and useful and, and it's a process. So the whole process includes white magic and black magic. So the idea of evil turns into black magic and black magic is ego-based much more physical white magic is much more conceptual and much more based in consciousness so that's the difference it's not necessarily being organized by satan or lucifer or anything like that it's it's a a difference in in the level of understanding and the level of manifestation we we manifest from from ego a lot of the time whether we know it or not. So shifting consciousness in into soul level or whatever whatever word you want to use, but soul level is the word he that he uses. So shifting from ego level to soul level means ego death effectively. It means dropping the ego completely and working from a different a different conception of how the world is. So you lose all of the ideas of being attacked and enemies and hidden and evil spirits and hidden hidden invisible viruses and all of that. All of that goes away when you drop the personal ego or the all of those things that are that are covered by the personal ego, which are the negative emotional states sense of being a victim, all of those types of things. So it's uh he's got an he's got a very, very, very high level way of conceptualizing the world and consciousness and existence. So I think it's for me it's been very useful. So I'm gonna play a little bit more. I'll jump in maybe I'll give him 10 minutes or so and then I'll jump in again. But I think hearing long blocks of this, he's got a way of speaking as well. He's got a, a cadence to his voice that's interesting and he's choosing language very, very precisely. So I just think his, his style, his delivery is very precise.
1: The same idea, the same invocation, the same vibrational resonance, the same uh, emotional uh transparency and unity of heart that could unite a tribe or a coven or a, a clan of magicians or a, a congress of magi who would gather from different parts of the known world in the ancient days in order to bring about a, a shift of the age or of, the, uh, of a particular civilization. Many things would happen in alignment with the, the magical sensitivities of individuals that cosmic power that is the actual power that moves history it's not moved by egos they are the puppets of history but that magic power that flows through us once we are conscious of it and surrendered to it and uh, have gained mastery of it through that egoless uh, presence that results from the sacrifice of the false self is what enables the energy field of a a group who are dedicated to bringing about the highest possible trajectory of our destiny in this magical world to happen as a result of the surrender of egos because egos are in disharmony, egos are in conflict egos are in miscommunication with one another so if we can create a unified field of consciousness that is egoless the power of magic increases exponentially and that power is a power that brings about the unprecedented out of the indeterminacy of the nature of reality itself that can manifest what may not have been teleologically ordained and this is where there is a differential between those who say everything is uh, determined, predetermined but From when is it predetermined, you see? At every moment, if we go back to the origin, we are at the first moment. And that is where the magic begins, that we transcend causality, so that nothing that we do now is limited or determined by the past. It's determined by the unlimited potentiality of the goodness, the beauty, the wisdom, and the power of, uh, let's say, restoration of all that most clearly reflects in the phenomenal plane the truth of that supreme nature that is the author and the choreographer, the playwright, behind the the developments of the historical characters and movements that shift history from one age to another. And so we can participate in that in very uh, unpredictable and unlimited ways through the complete unification of your mind with the mind of the supreme intelligence that's yoga and that is the the practice of magic in which the world of maya is unified with brahman brahman and maya are the two let's say final terms in the yogic uh, paradigm of magic it's the substratum of reality which connects everything with everything else and it is able to orchestrate sudden paradigm shifts and shifts of power differentials that make the dance of time and space change their rhythms and the outcomes of events in ways that could not have been predicted or controlled by any egos no matter how much power of non-magical sorts they think they have whether it's money power or military power or uh, any of the other kinds of ego power that are now being exhausted and drained and destabilized out of the world so that the power of magic will become, again, the hegemonic and supreme power the only one that will remain standing when all of the other powers have lost their uh, potency. And this is what we see happening now with the destabilization of all of the political, financial and other kinds of machinations of the powers that be that are no longer Uh, have free reign to uh, govern or rule the, the spreading chaos that is bringing one age to an end and giving an opening for the magic powers to guide the rebirth of a new age. So we want to use our magic in that very large context. And to do that, we have to be free of prejudices, free of opinions that are based on beliefs in, uh, let's say, ordinary reality, non-magical reality, the kind of thing that you were probably taught in school, uh, that that things are run in accord with various uh, systems and uh, various uh, natural forces that are limited in in their ability to sustain life beyond a certain point, once there is a massive die-off of the uh, the ecological systems, etc. All of the various reasons for desperation and despair in the world today that is very logical if you read the the media, the, the pseudo-news, with its frame of reference without an understanding of magic. But if you understand much more deeply what is going on and what is happening below the radar of the ability or the interest of the media to capture, there's a very different process going on. And it's It's that magical grassroots process that is reconnecting beings not only from around the planet, but beyond the planet who are in resonance with these powers that are bringing about the the shift of the ages that we are now going through. So, I don't want to say too much tonight about all this because I want to develop this uh, understanding much more deeply step by step and to work through the obstacles that everyone has to some extent at a level of individual consciousness that keeps one from activating this or even grokking what is the nature of the principle of magic that must be uh, accessed and claimed and mastered. But for now, for tonight, let me just leave this uh, initial uh, attempt to contextualize the field with the understanding that Consciousness has no limits but the ego that is based on certain beliefs and that uses only human language as its method of thinking is not able to take in fully the thoughts of that higher intelligence that does not use language and that does not share the ego's paradigm of duality that is inculcated and embedded in language which is the separation of subject and object magic must bring together these two that have been separated deliberately by by language as an anti-magical force and why the use of, of language in music and poetry and in other more magical ways have been an attempt to antidote the limitations of language that have kept us in a dualistic mindset and that have weakened, uh, depotentiated the power of human consciousness to realize its truly divine nature. Okay, I'm going to open the floor for questions or comments so that I get a sense of where you are at with all of this and whether this is interesting to you and makes sense to you and uh, where I might have left somebody behind or uh, said something that was not Sufficiently coherent to be able to uh, pass from one brain into the other, mm-hmm. to use that quaint metaphor, which has nothing to do with consciousness, but nonetheless is how we tend to uh, to organize it. Yes. So can you elaborate a bit? You said governed by two doors or two gods, mm-hmm. the dark Lord and the yeah, which is part of the process. Mm-hmm. Just a this is a very deep subject. It's probably the deepest subject. Uh, because uh, it deals with those principles not only in a cosmic sense, but at a microcosmic sense, right? Because each of us have these two principles. This is, a, this is the basis of all of the dualistic religions, whether it's Zoroastrianism, which divided the world in, into Ahura Mazda and Ahriman, those two forces, uh, or uh, the, the, the forces uh, in Mithraism uh, between uh, the, the, the good god, uh, Mithra and uh, uh, Nergal. And, so we could go into even the Jewish uh, belief that we have a Yetzer Hatov and a Yetzer Hara, which is the, a good influence or, or tendency and an evil one, right? The angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other, right? So these two principles are, have always been recognized. And in fact, what is, is it really the crucifixion of the human consciousness except between these two tendencies? and uh, this is the difference between the heaven and hell realms that are postulated by all of the religious traditions. But that must be understood psychologically, not as if there are metaphysical realms, although there are bardo states in which consciousness uh, can enter a, a post-death of the body that that can uh, that, that do have those qualities. Uh, but we are dealing with uh, what I would rather uh, than put into a, a moralistic duality To think of it as the magnetic polarities of history between these forces, a North Pole and a South Pole, rather than uh, good and evil. But this is what supposedly Adam and Eve ate, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? This this tree of duality that ended up getting them kicked out of the Garden of Eden. So it's the basis of all the mythologies, right? But why did Yahweh put that tree there in the garden in the first place and uh, tell them not to eat it, which would make sure that, of course, they were (laughs) gonna want to eat it, right? And, uh, and and why was a serpent allowed in there to convince them to eat it, and all of that. Of course, the Gnostics have a whole different take on the Garden of Eden story, and they would say that it was actually the, the Yahweh was the demiurge, he was a very sadistic, narcissistic uh, fragment of the ego, and the serpent represented the Kundalini, upper death drive, and uh, actually their understanding of the duality is what enabled them to escape from the control of this actual dark lord who thought he was the good lord, uh, that uh, brought about this mistaken understanding of the nature of uh, how we should relate to one another, etc., and, and created the uh, the need for dharma and at the same time the misunderstanding of it, and the division of the mind into a state of incoherence, as these two two tendencies bleed into one another but without uh, reconciliation or integration. And so everyone feels torn and pulled between these two tendencies, uh, uh, upper and lower if you wish to call them that, ego and self, uh, and, uh, and between um, uh, sacrifice and uh, and and wanting to be to, to be greedy, right? The the whole idea of the ego as an entity, who wants to control territory and wants to control uh, the other and uh, wants to uh, to be affirmed in its uh, its goodness and its rights to uh, to be able to uh, to rule over various situations and to uh, to be able to enact and fulfill its immediate desires, sensual desires, etc., because it's identified with the body and at the same time to try to suppress and project its fears uh, and its, uh, its sense of guilt and shame that end up psychologically bringing about a state where the ego must fragment, must dissociate, and must uh, install a sensor uh, who, who maintains the largely unconscious nature of the ego, unconscious of its own motivations, of its own uh, uh, reactions, of its own um, diffuse uh, uh, tendencies that uh, occur outside of its uh, its capacity to, to, uh, to be conscious of and therefore deceives itself in ways that produce karmic backlash etc all of the the, the uh, aspects of ego consciousness that are now well studied in psychotherapy systems etc are are uh, the result of the incoherent relationship of these two forces right and we see it out uh, writ large in the political systems of the world and in the ways that uh, human beings deceive one another and project on one another, demonize one another, and and, uh, by uh, projecting the evil onto the other are able to be evil in the name of self-righteous goodness. right? And so all of this is part of the black magic that we have suffered from in history and that most of us suffer from internally as uh, our own conscious, chaotic, uh, often self-hating, as well as self-aggrandizing consciousness. And it's it's this sickness of the soul that is uh, can only be healed through the white magic of the unification of these forces. Okay. So, I think I'll leave it there for tonight, but there's a lot more to be said about it, but let's develop more the, uh, the internal structure and uh, uh, dynamics of these forces and then we'll be able to, to move into the actual transformation that is required in the magical procedures we'll be doing. Okay. Mm-hmm. You made a comment something about to understand magic, we have to understand reality. Mm-hmm. What were you referring to when you were talking about reality there? There's a good question. <clears throat> most people believe that what they believe is the truth. And most beliefs that most people have are the farthest thing from the truth possible. Right? Which means that in ego consciousness people are living in unrealities and they are, reliv- they are living in things they've been taught to believe and to accept that aren't true, even scientific theories that have been debunked but are still taught for political reasons, whether it's Darwinism or various forms of, of physics that are not accurate but that serve the, uh, the powers that be. And there are other aspects of science that are are, are, uh, are repressed, because they would give too much military information to enemies and therefore they're, they're used only in very black operations and, and uh, uh, aspects of the, uh, of the governmental uh, uh, departments that are able to know certain things and of course it's a surveillance society with information that is used against people and manipulating them with disinformation and misinformation, etc. so that most people are not living in anything close to reality. So if we are going to get close to reality, we have to unblock our, uh, our ability to take in information to filter out disinformation and misinformation and to transcend the ego so that uh, kinds of information can be received <coughs> of a non ordinary and, let's say, extrasensory kind, uh, can, be, uh, can be integrated into our conscious minds. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Well, prior to an hour ago, I kind of thought that cause and effect was a very simple principle. But the question he just asked complicated even further for me, so obviously I don't think it's simple anymore. And would it be safe to say that the masses really don't understand cause and effect? And why I say that is because if it wasn't in-depth understanding of cause and effect, there might be a better grasp on reality, and then in turn a mastery of the matter? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think it would be good to let go of the belief in cause and effect. Uh, for, first of all, if you go back to ancient Greece, they talked about many different types of causes. First cause, formal cause. Uh, uh, what was the other cause? Uh, uh, the uh, uh, the immediate cause. There were four kinds of causes, and actually, there's a fifth because of the the final cause, the teleological cause that that uh, that comes from the future, and and then the, the the cause that comes from that supreme unmoved mover who can can shift the nature of what happens at will. So, uh, causality is uh, is already a, a much more complex subject than than we are taught about, and if you uh, study the, the most uh, recent quantum physics experiments, they know that there is retro causality even at the level of particles, subatomic particles, so that when they are observed at a later time, that observation will cause them to change their own past history and trajectory in order to meet with the observer's belief in what should have happened, right, even though that's not what happened. So magic is happening even in the consciousness of, of these. Uh, I, I don't even actually believe they are particles. They are perturbations of the waves of electromagnetic energies that, that make up the the, uh, the content of space and time. So we are, the, the reason why we can't accept a cause and effect is that we, we don't have an accurate understanding of what is being affected. You see, the, the human ego believes that there are entities, almost like the old idea in Newtonian physics of that billiard balls hit each other and then they cause effects among other particles and everything. If you knew the, the original position of the billiard balls, you would know the whole history of the cosmos by knowing where they're all going to go. And, uh, and, and this was the old idea that, that everything uh, you know, starts with one initial shot into the, the pool table and then everything is determined. But it, it doesn't actually work that way. And, and there are no billiard balls. There are no actual entities. The, the, what, what we think of as an entity is even at the level of what a photon, let's say, it turns out there's no such thing as an, a particle of light. It's a perturbation of a wave. And, and once we understand that, then, then we see that our, one of the main problems that our mind has is the uh, tendency to reification. And objectification of reality and once we do that we have lost our understanding of the impact of consciousness upon what it is observing which is what the quantum physicists have now rediscovered but if you take that writ large not just at a level of you know a particle here or there but of the of the whole cosmic consciousness then you see that cause effect in terms of past affecting present and future doesn't work because time itself is an illusion it's not it's not a true reality uh, there is no past there is no future except in your mind and there is no present because the present is infinitesimal and you take a nanosecond and you'll divide that into past and future, there actually is no present either, so once you realize that, then you're in a totally different ballgame as to what is reality okay and and also there space is not what we think of it as being and, and there are uh, the string theorists say there's eleven dimensions, and there are others are saying various different things there isn't a science itself is no longer uh, capable of producing a monolithic theory of reality that all scientists can uh, can accept. Science has fallen into scientism and it has fallen into a number of uh, conflicting religious sects, but, the, but they are not able any longer to use the old uh, Karl Popperian principle of falsifiability or verifiability. And so the, uh, even that uh, is, is gone. So we're, we're in a world in which uh, what we thought of as science is no longer even an existing entity. We can't fall back on that. And so there's no difference any longer between science, religion, and magic. These three are are different ways of manipulating reality, you could say, but that they are all uh, functions of consciousness. And because in our current state, at least in mainstream uh, social reality, there is no understanding of consciousness. We're we're at an infantile level of understanding consciousness, because the materialists still want us to believe that it's produced by the brain. Uh, And of course, that's the furthest thing from truth, it can't possibly be true. Maybe it's a transducer of consciousness, of waves at least, uh, that that the brain can pick up and, and that can transmit, but it certainly isn't the producer of consciousness. So once we shift that understanding, too, then uh, the under, understanding of the cause and effect of, let's say, the, the shift of a morphogenetic field, how does one monkey learn to open the clamshell and get the, the food in a new way that's much more efficient, and how did now, now all the monkeys on all the islands around it learn the same thing, right? All of this uh, understanding is no longer based on cause and effect, it's based on different principles of telepathic communication or quantum entanglement, if you wish, or uh, even uh, if we use Nicola- Tesla's idea of scalar force, uh, instantaneous uh, inter- interconnectedness of uh, all points of the uh, of the cosmos. So once, once we get to an understanding of that, then we have superluminal uh, 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 speeds. Right, there is no longer the speed of light as the the barrier and the speed limit for reality, and and we're in a, an entirely different kind of situation in terms of understanding what is possible for us, and uh, what is possible to emerge as an ap- appearance within the cosmos, because uh, because now communication that, uh, that our the normal old-fashioned science would say, oh, the, that star is, uh, is thousands of light-years away. Well, what if there's no such thing as a light-year? That that's an obsolete concept and there's instantaneous connectedness. Then uh, nothing is actually distant from anything else in reality. And if we're not talking about physical, in terms of particles having to move in space, but a manifestation of a holographic form that, that can, can manifest anywhere at any time uh, without having to move from one uh, point of space to another, like the quantum tunneling idea, right? A quantum leap without going through the intervening space or intervening time, then, then we have a, we're living in an entirely different kind of cosmos. So the old idea of cause and effect no longer has a place in that, uh, that paradigm. That's but I you were say. Yeah. <laughs> But we'll uh, we'll go into the details of how do we make use of that practically in the coming classes. See, they all know everything I'm going to say. Why do I bother, you see? I know that everybody here knows everything that I'm going to say. I'm just the mouthpiece so that everybody else can relax and I get the the stiff jaw again. But okay, I'm willing to do that. Uh, But I know that I don't know anything that anyone else doesn't know or can't know if you want to download it. Hmm? Out of the nature of surprise. Ah, yes. We love surprises, and, and so uh, we, we love uh, fooling uh, the, the ego and, uh, and creating uh, extraordinary moments of uh, sublime bliss through that manifestation. And that's probably the real reason for the existence of the phenomenal world, is, is that uh, wonder of, of the surprise, especially the, the benign and benevolent surprise, uh, which includes in religious terms the coming of the savior, right, the coming of the, uh, the revelation of the, the real that had not been uh, recognized of God consciousness that can restore the world to its original beauty and uh, joy and harmony, etc. So, so yes, uh, all of the egos that are in despair over the hopelessness of the situation will be extremely surprised when everything works out very beautifully. And uh, But in order for that to happen, there has to be a congruence of the beings who have determined that they are on the side of the forces of light and of goodness to uh, congeal their energies in such a way that the coherence of that energy field overcomes the incoherence and chaos of the current uh, operating systems, the dysfunctional systems, whether their family systems. Systems or national systems or international systems, and uh, to bring about a new world order. But that can only happen if th- there's a new internal order of consciousness within each individual, and uh, and that's what enables a surprise to manifest. Because what is surprise is the level of intelligence that can foresee uh, a, a possibility that no one else can see and enable it to manifest. Right. So it, that's genius. That's magic. That's uh, artistry. That that's the. Uh, the beauty of the, the higher intelligence that it's able to manifest in surprising ways. Uh, healing and, and uh, uh, redemption uh, for, for those who are under the, the influence of the Dark Lord, if we will, without access to the power of light because of perhaps a sense of guilt, shame, uh, fear of judgment uh, and, and other internal psychological forces that push one into their own internal hell realm. And so there are surprising ways for the forces of light to take one out of one's maya, one's black magic, uh, self, uh, uh, self-destructive incarceration in a hell realm, and to bring one into liberation, into a new heaven on earth. Magdalene being... Ah, yes, yes, indeed. And, and one of the great uh, archetypal divine feminine forces in, in the world. Is that also miracles? As I'm thinking about it. miracles are are the uh, the stock and trade of magicians. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have
0: so many questions, <laughs> but let's say for tonight. Um, All right, I'm going to leave him there. I'm well. I'll repost the link in chat, just in case anybody else missed it. Uh, so I posted it on my on my podcast as well. So the the long the long slow, slow version is on my podcast free association roundtable radio show roundtable and podcast, which you can find at all good pod, pod, podcast platforms, including Twitter, including Google Podcasts, including Apple. Everywhere, everywhere you find audio, or yeah, Audible is where I'm getting quite a lot of my traffic from at the moment. Audible, Spotify, uh, Google, and also Podbean. Podbean's where I used where I put put it for hosting, but uh, Audible's 20% nearly of my traffic. <clears throat> so it was a surprise when I looked up the stats this week. It's it's been Spotify for a long time that was producing a lot of traffic, but now it's Audible. So something something for me is spreading out my traffic a little bit more. So I'm not as reliant on one source as I was. And I'm still active with the live streaming. I've been doing some live, live streaming on uh, call-in and rumble. So the rumble channel is active now. Uh, the locals community is active and as I, I said last week, I'm going to concentrate as as much as I can. I get sidetracked by shiny things sometimes, but as much as I can, I'm going to concentrate on putting content in uh, locals and on Rumble. Cause I think there's a lot of people joining Rumble now. It seems like my, <clears throat> my view count has gone up remarkably in the last well, three months or so. And, uh, if anybody's not watching Glenn Greenwald and redacted and Kim Iverson on rumble, then you're missing out on some real good content. I may not be the type of stuff that people at revolution radio watch, but it's the type that I'll watch. And, uh, Very interesting, it was a very good conversation between Kim Iverson and Pierre Corey last night about Pierre Corey's book and about the the war on Ivermectin and the way the pharmaceutical companies closed down that particular drug and that that playbook for closing down repurposed drugs. So it was an hour's conversation, it was very interesting. and it was 2 o'clock in the morning my time. But I'm pleased I was awake because it was worth listening to. Anyway, that, that's pretty much it for now. <clears throat> I shall be back next week. I might, might write a monologue for next week. You never know. But uh, if I can find some more high-quality video content, I'll just speed it up. There's always half an hour, so... If I find anything that's worth playing that's longer than half an hour, I'll do that. If not, it'll be about half an hour of video content. Well, thanks for listening and I'll see you next week. Barbara Jean Lindsay, The Cosmic Oracle. If you have questions about your past lives or future plans, need answers from the cosmos about your love life or career, or just want to keep your finger on the pulse of the planet, check out my show, The Cosmic Oracle, here on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com.
1: I'm Bill Johnson. Some consider my efforts to be an underground law school. I am not an attorney, and I do not give legal advice. I teach that's lawful and legal. Consider yourself served. You are to appear Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, Studio A. My forte? Foreclosure and contract law. Grab your legal pad and pen. Learn a broad spectrum of law spanning administrative, criminal, family, tort, and federal law. Fools and losers cling to old cases I dissect and comment on the latest rulings that control the courts. Don't be a loser. And if you don't appear, you will be held in contempt.
0: Are you interested in the paranormal? Murder mystery? Real natural law? Do you enjoy interviews with amazing guests?
1: Then join Fripp Rick every Monday night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Revolution Radio.
0: Studio A, freedomslips.com.
1: Fripp Rick's iPhone, thank you. Welcome to the crypt. <laughs> What the heck is the truth jihad? Hey, I'm Kevin Barrett, host of Truth Jihad.